G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, one of our favourite regular guests, David Robertson, has a new book out. It's being launched this week. It's about young people. It's about the gospel. It's called Seek. And David Robertson is joining us. He's director of the Ask Project with Sydney Anglicans. David, a special welcome back to 2020. Well, it's a joy to be with you again. Uh, I've been looking forward to the cricket again as well. (laughs) Have you been one of those uh, disappointed with what's happened with the English cricket team? And, uh, you know, they're considered to be whinging poms right now. Are you, uh, are you following along on that side or what? As a Scot, I'm absolutely delighted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. All right, you, you, never, uh, you never always uh, meet whatever everyone is expecting you to say on all of these sorts of things. <laughs> hey, yes, so we'll look forward to the third test. Hey, uh, your yeah. last book's called... Ask. The new one is called Seek. Is there a pattern here? Is there another one in the pipeline somewhere along the line called Find? Is that is that uh, the pattern here or what? No. If you if you follow the teachings of Jesus, then uh, it will be Ask, Seek, and the third one coming knock. next week will be will be Knock. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. A knock is on the way. Hey, yeah. David. Um, the new book. It's called Seek. Fifty-two new questions. From real teenagers, and, yeah. and listeners regularly to our segment will know that we usually finish by saying, "Hey, let's keep David very busy today." If you've got a question and you want a sensible, biblical Christian answer, uh, I encourage people to connect with you at uh, at Ask. But fifty-two new questions and real teenagers. How do you define those? <laughs> well, um, what happened with when when I wrote the Ask book was that. Uh, I wrote to teenagers in 21 different countries and said, give me your questions. And I got hundreds of them. And so then what I did was uh, selected 52, wrote them. I was utterly amazed at the response. The Ask book, a lot of adults used it as well because adults don't want 7,000 word answers. And so the pattern was very simple. I would take the question. I would give a Bible verse, Bible passage, maybe 700 words of comment. Then, then I would ask a question, and then uh, what would I do? I uh, would put references for further reading if they wanted, and also a prayer. So that went really well, and I asked teenagers again, and I got plenty of them. And so that's seek, and I've actually got enough questions to do knock as well, which I'm working on just now. Interestingly, as you say, uh, that in many of the questions that you were asked, you actually responded with uh, some contrasting questions. Uh, I can't help but think there's a pattern there that Jesus used, uh, even in the way that he was responding to people who were firing questions at him, asking the right questions back. Is that part of a good response? Yeah, I think so. I, I I, I just love talking with teenagers and it, you know, what amazes me, and I, I'll speak just now about Australian teenagers. 
I mean, I was at a school in Orange, a Christ, Orange Christian school, and I was due to be doing a class of about 20 pupils, and 120 turned up. So I said to the teacher, what's going on? And some of them had heard me speak at a youth event, and uh, they just asked if they could come along. And it was wonderful, because they're just sitting there, and I didn't even give a talk. They just fired in questions. And and I love that. I mean, it's just something that, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't have many gifts, but I think that's one that God has gifted. I find this really weird. I'm I'm a 61-year-old man, and I, and I find myself connecting more with teenagers than I do with any other group. So that, that's where it's, that, that's the reason for it. And we could go off under all sorts of tangents here because uh, some people who are uh, over 60 are writing themselves off and saying, I'm too old to talk to a younger generation. And, and you know, uh, as I know you now, um, you know, what, well, what of what hair is remaining on your head? It's grey, and it doesn't look like what what teenagers may be thinking of as you know their ideal role models. So the fact that young teenagers, when they've got real questions, are looking for real wisdom, and that wisdom actually is in the older, not the younger generations. Is there something in that that you've noticed? Well, yeah, I would say there's several things involved there. Uh, firstly, I would say that. Um, one of the interesting things about the book, we're trying to work, work out why so many adults liked it as well. And I think it explains the world, explains to the adult, the world that the teenagers are growing up in. Um, and then the other thing is simply this. In, in, in all cultures, people have grown by listening to their elders. And, you know, and for me, it's not just listening to elders, but it's also me listening to the teenagers. So that's why I ask questions rather than coming with answers to questions they weren't asking. I thought, oh, I'll just see what they've got to say. And it's great because they're, they're social questions, they're biblical questions, they're personal questions, they're theological questions. Uh, and, you know, I, I just, I, I think our young people are, are not only the leaders of the future, but they're, they're the rebels of the present. And I quite like to encourage rebels. Okay. Hey, lots of people are seeking something. So the book title, it's called Seek. Uh, I know that you have been concerned uh, that some are seeking things uh, that are either unimportant or don't exist at all, or maybe will never exist. Uh, uh, Young people, and uh, let's just bring everybody into this, are so many of us that might be seeking things, seeking after either the wrong things or or is there a sort of a pie-in-the-sky utopia type of thing that people are seeking? How do you talk about things, uh, you know, when people are seeking various things for their life? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I, you know that I like music, and I must admit I have old uh, taste. You know that. I mean, basically, the, the teenagers end up going back to the, 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 the great songs of our youth. I was, there was an article in The Australian today about the classic music, rock music of the 1970s, you know, and there's a band called The Who. Um, they have a song called The Seeker, and I, and I use that in the intro. Uh, and the lyrics are, they call me The Seeker. I've been searching low and high. I won't get to get what I'm after till the day I die. And I think that young people do seek answers. I think, unfortunately, in our education system today, rather than teaching people what to think, we're teaching them how to think. Uh, and I just think it's much better to say, hey, have a look, ask, ask questions. That's what hence ask. Seek, implying a little bit more 
to find a treasure. And the ultimate treasure is, of course, Christ. We might think that people are seeking uh, perhaps wealth. We might think that they're seeking some level of uh, power, influence. We might think they're seeking reputation. And, and no doubt there's lots of those things that people do seek in their hearts and in their lives. Um, what are your thoughts here around the fact that young people, just like older people, are seeking happiness? What are your thoughts here about the thoughts, the sorts of things we seek? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think people... Young people seek knowledge as well. They seek understanding. We're in a very confusing world. Um, uh, Neil, you, do you know the evangelist Rico Tice in England, the Anglican? I'm not so familiar. Have you heard of him? Uh, no. <laughs> he's a, all right. Yep. No, no, he's, 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 a, he's a good guy. And he kindly wrote a commendation. But actually, I much preferred what his son wrote. His son is Peter Tice, age 12. And he said this, the book explains confusing issues in life. It's a glimmer of light in a world of darkness. And I think that a lot of our teenage people, there are a lot of confusing issues. And, you know, with identitarian politics, for example, uh, when you're a young person, I, I met a, a seven-year-old girl, not quite a teenager, but a seven-year-old girl who had asked her parents, am I a boy or am I a girl? Because of what she was being taught at school and that she could choose anything. You know, it was just really awful. Um, but there's a lot of confusion about what's important, who are we, and so on. And my argument is that the Bible doesn't give formulaic answers, but it does provide a basis for us to find purpose and meaning and understanding in life. And I think our, our teens need that. Some might be thinking that place, that purpose, that meaning is found in pursuits. Uh, my suspicion is that you have led your readers into a place where they'll discover that in the happiness or the wealth, the reputation, the knowledge, the understanding, uh, that this pursuit, this seeking actually leads to the person uh, that we are always talking about on this program and uh, on this whole radio station, uh, that we're talking about the person of Jesus as the one who ultimately is where these things are found. Any thoughts here around around direction here and who you point people to, to, to seek? To, what are they seeking? Seeking what? A person? Well, ultimately, we point to Christ. I mean, I, was, I found this quite amusing once. There was a man whose uh, wife uh, was converted from a non-Christian background and he came to see me because he was really angry and he said that he was a pagan. And in fact, he went off and joined the pagan society the day his wife joined the church. So we had an interesting conversation and he came along to the church and he said to me one time, I thought it was great. He said, David, I love, I hate, well, seriously, I hate everything you teach and I love everything you've got here. He said, couldn't you just have it without Christ? And I said, no, that's the point. The point is, for our young people, in your confusion, you won't get clarity without Christ. In your loneliness, you won't get fellowship without Christ. You know, in your brokenness, you won't get healing without Christ. So ultimately, everything does point to Jesus. Now, that's not just as simple as saying, here's your question, here's the answer, Jesus is the answer. But it's more showing how the wisdom of Christ applies to every situation in life. 
Yes, when you have a direct approach, like you say, and oftentimes this is the first thing we begin to understand when someone says uh, you need to tell your testimony and be a proclaimer of the gospel, you want to tell people that Jesus is the answer. And you've just opened up something really, really beautiful and I think uh, really deep in so far as when you're approaching the questions that young people are asking and you're responding with questions that are, a, uh, in a way, a contrast, you're actually helping young people think through the issues themselves. Nobody likes to be told what to believe, do they? But if they understand that and find that themselves, is that a powerful way of communicating? I think it's a great way of communicating. And I think what I said earlier, too many of our schools are turning into... Um, social indoctrination really and my purpose is not to go to a child and say you have to believe this my purpose is to introduce them to jesus christ and they say well what's that got to do in my real life so for example in the first part of the book i I do the more so uh, do you think climate change is real will the world be destroyed from climate change what is a woman and man (laughs) that's the uh the second question uh Capitalist or communist? That's the third question. Why does God permit disease? There was one on does factory farming of animals make God angry? And, you know, those are the social questions. Then there are personal questions. Um, And as I said already, there are theological questions. But my purpose is not to go, you ask a question. I'm like Yoda and bring out the answer. What I'm saying is I'm saying when you see things in the light of Christ, then all these questions make much more sense. So in each chapter, and I imagine there's, is there a separate chapter for each question? Uh, so each question. Yes. Uh, yep. So yeah. you've, you've, got, you've got the question, and then you're actually trying to bring people into a fuller appreciation of what that question really means and uh, bringing people into an appreciation of what their question opens up because you're asking other questions to that. The application of the Bible to those sorts of questions, how do you do that, Dave? Is that, uh, is that something that's easy? Do you just pick a proof text out of the air and say, okay, we're just going to add that one in here? How do you actually approach a biblical response to the questions young people are asking? Well, I'll tell you what, let's go with the first one on climate change. The question I was asked was, do you think climate change is real? Will the world be destroyed from climate change? The Bible reading is Romans eight eighteen to 22. And the text is Romans 8, 21, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. And then I discuss climate change and what's involved, but point out that God is in control of everything. And, uh, you know, I bring a quote from Gus Spieth, who was a climate scientist founder and who said, basically, uh, I thought that 30 years of good science would address the problems of biodiversity loss, ecosystem collapse and climate change. I was wrong. The top environmental problems are selfishness, greed and apathy. And to deal with these, we need a cultural and spiritual transformation. And we scientists don't know how to do that. So it's kind of bringing contemporary things, not necessarily providing the political answers or my own political opinions or whatever, but just saying ultimately in big picture stuff, God is in charge, and that includes of the climate. Now, I know you consider yourself an evangelist, uh, someone who's encouraging uh-huh. the planting of churches. Uh, you're a minister of the gospel, and uh, interesting what you're bringing out today, and and this 
dimension of having the message that's not always the direct answer, but connecting the issues of the world today to the wisdom of God. Is that, do you think, as powerful when you do that and people realize that they have a place? I mean, there's a contextualization, isn't there? I know where I am today Mm -hmm. in the 21st century, and all this stuff you talk about from the first century, Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection, you're actually able to bring into people's hearts and minds the meaning of what Jesus is to them because of the issues that they're facing today. Is that a fair enough way of saying that you're looking at things a little like that? Well, I think it's a great way of saying it. And, you know, you and I have, have conversed a lot. And, you know, we've looked at issues like the voice, uh, climate change, critical race theory, uh, even cricket, you know. And look, <laughs> l- looking at cricket from the perspective of Christ, that's a different angle that you won't get on the ABC. <laughs> so, you know, and, and people say, people say, how can you do that? Uh, I remember one of my non-Christian friends said, oh, for goodness sake, David, can we not have a conversation without it coming back to Jesus? And I said, well, stop asking questions then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, s- s- stop challenging me because ultimately it does come back to that. You know, it's, uh, you know, we, we all have our foundational things. And I I think it's lovely to be able to show to people, wait a minute, Jesus has got something to say about these things. And Jesus is relevant for your life. And in other words, Jesus is alive. And if he is the way, the truth, and the life, as he so boldly proclaimed, uh, then when you have him in your life, he's going to be there in the midst of all of the challenges that could be faced throughout every generation. And uh, that is just so powerful a concept to take some time to reflect on. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have run out of time today. One of these days, David, we'll have you on for another hour-long conversation so we can open talkback lines because this sounds like it would have been one of those days we could do that. But I've got another conversation coming in just a few minutes. But for listeners today, uh, to connect with David Robertson, he's the director of the Ask Project with Sydney Anglicans, and you might want to get a hold of his new book. And uh, Dave's being launched this week. So is there a special launch going on? You're in Sydney is there a launch happening? No, no. I'm going to do an, uh, a series of events. I mean, ultimately, I want to do events with young people. So, actually, if anyone's listening to this and they're and they're interested in me coming along and doing this, I'm I'm, I'm happy to do that. My daughter, I didn't realise it was in the bookshops here. I thought it wasn't going to be till next week. But my daughter, who works in Penrith, she was in uh, Kurong in Penrith, and she and she she sent me a photo saying, "Dad, it's here," and she showed me the cover of the book. Um, and so, yeah, it's available. It's available in all good bookshops right now. And as I say, I hope to do an, a number of events over the next coming months because my main purpose is to engage with young people. And the, the book is a, the result of that, but it's also a starter for that. Well, it's got a blue cover and there's a green picture of a brain on there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, uh, and it's called Seek. Seek, so yeah. keep uh, keep that in mind, and no doubt you'll be able to Google that and either pre-order or it'll be available right now. And you can connect with David at his website, ask.org.au, and uh, he's a collector of questions. So if you have a question, why don't you ask David, 
at ask.org.au. Ask is about evangelism. David writes for newspapers, magazines. He's the author of a number of books. Uh, the last one that he wrote uh, was called Ask. This one is called Seek. And yes, there is a little bit of a hint. Another one is coming sometime down into the future called Knock. So ask.org.au. David Robertson, thank you so much for taking some time to share these thoughts with us today on 2020. Good to be with you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.